morning. This morning, Steve's asked me to read from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. 1 Peter 2 and 5. <clears throat> you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this time we have to come here this morning to worship you, to praise you, and glorify you. We just thank you so much for all the blessings that, that you've given us, the, the physical and the spiritual. And we especially thank you for Jesus and that uh, the blessing we have through him for eternal life that, uh, that he went to that cross and died for our sins. Father, we ask your blessing on those, uh, again, that uh, are sick and are not here and um, pray you continue to be with our soldiers and their families, uh, keep them safe, and uh, we just thank you so much for uh, all the freedoms and the things that we have in this country that, uh, that you've given us and you've blessed us with. Uh, we ask you to be with Steve this morning as he brings us a lesson from your word and take it into our hearts and into our minds and that uh, we could be a light to the, to the rest of the world in uh, whatever way that uh, you would have us to be. Uh, we ask you to go with us again and, and uh, thank you and glorify you for all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everybody. It is great to be here this morning. Good to see all of you. Um, now, don't be distracted by the animation behind my head. I I often think when I put those up there, is that a bad idea? Because everyone tells me I just stare at the end. Now that I've said it, that's all anybody's looking at. Well, that's fine. It's better than looking at me. Take it easy on your eyes. Look at the screen instead. I do, uh, before we do the lesson this morning, I do want to talk about our, uh, just coming up in, what, two weeks now? Our relationship matters. And um, a lot of people are like, well... I'm not in a relationship. Well, first of all, if that's your answer, I think you're the one that needs to be here, first of all. But secondly, this isn't just for people who are in relationships. There's uh, a lot of good stuff in here. Uh, conflict resolution is the one thing that um, in therapy people gain a lot out of. Do you have conflict with people around you? Of course you do. Conflict resolution is one of those skill-building things that um, we'll be talking, or they'll be talking about in the Relationship Matters course. Um, it's, it talks about depression, um, some sorts of uh, obsessive behaviors that you may not uh, fully think that you have, but um, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff in here that you may be going through life um, not having some skills that you need to have. Because a lot of the times, when I have people come talk to me in counseling, they've got really big things going on. I kind of wish I could rewind the tape and go back and just teach them a few skills. Conflict resolution, how to deal with difficult times. So whether you're married, 
planned to be married, used to be married, whatever. This is good stuff for everyone. And I really want to encourage all of you, you know, people go, well, I'm kind of embarrassed inviting people to church. Okay, fine, invite them to this. This is, this is your opportunity. And I do want to thank everybody um, who's put so much time into it, especially uh, Greg and Dennis and other people who, and of course, uh, Jim Lazarino, who put so much time into this. If you can just get one person to come, or even better, if you just come yourself, it'd be a real shame if we had someone with uh, this many good things to say, come here and talk to us, and you missed out on that. So I just want to encourage everyone, uh, come check this out. You will really be glad you did. I promise. All right. Um, But that kind of gets into... (laughs) This morning's lesson, there's some overlap there. You know, uh, I still talk to uh, young people that I've worked with and older people that I've worked with from different congregations. And I had one recently, you know, he finally got a job. He'd been trying to get a job for so long, but that's become recently easier to do, apparently. (laughs) He'd been trying to get a job. He'd worked some jobs that really didn't work out. And now he has a job and he's like, oh. Man, it stinks having a job. Like, which way do you want it, man? And um, he said, well, it just seems like my whole life is just going to work, and then I come home, and I eat, and I do my stuff, and I go to sleep, and I get up, and I just do it again the next day. My God, that's called a work week. Now, if you're familiar with that or not, that's called a work week. But I do remember that shock and awe I had as a young person going, man, I'm not just messing around all the time. Weird. Um, and then, you know, remember, uh, you know, the first few jobs I had and it just seemed like the minutes would tick by. Well, that's probably a sign that you don't have a good match to the job if every minute goes by that slowly. But you know what? You're young. Deal with it. Um, but even as we get older... I'm not sure that completely goes away, and I'm not here to talk about uh, career counseling this morning. Um, that was my job in Searcy, Arkansas. Um, no matter what your career is, no matter what you do with your life, at some point you're still in that loop of, you know, it just seems like every day I'm just doing the same thing, you know? and it, the people, all the people I've worked with, that basically, unless I was working with nerds, um, which I was a lot, the nerds would go home and do nerd things, but everybody else, basically, on Monday, they'd talk about what a great time they had on the weekend, usually not a very wholesome time, let's be honest, but then Tuesday would just be like the day of drudgery, wouldn't hear too much, then Wednesday, they'd start talking about how much fun they're going to have on the weekend, and then Thursday, They talk about it some more and maybe even try to get a head start. Let's go out on Thursday night. Then they come in wrecked on Friday. And then Friday, they just try to get through the day. And then as soon as they can, get out of there on Friday night so they can go do whatever that non-nerd people do on the weekends. And at some point, you have to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I on this treadmill? What? What's the purpose for it? And I think growing up, what I was told the purpose was, 
I had, yeah, I, it's a little bit bleak. <laughs> but basically, we're here to suffer through life so that one day we can get our reward in glory. That is not biblical. I was taught that in Bible school, but that's not biblical at all. Not even slightly. Jesus said, I came so that you can have life and have life to the full. The thing is, though, having life, true life, the way Jesus gives us life, doesn't make sense to the people who are looking forward to Friday night so they can go do their things. It doesn't make sense to people like that. Because the truth of it is seen through the Spirit and experienced through the Spirit. And as we talked about Last week, and I guess in a lot of sermons, it's about living in the Spirit. And you're like, well, I think I'm living in the Spirit. I don't know. Well, that's one of those things that we're going to look at this morning. What is your purpose? And I know there's a book called Purpose Driven Life, and it got very popular like 15 years ago. It never, never did anything for me personally. i got to be honest. I don't want to diss anybody's work. It just didn't do anything for me. So this morning, um, with all that preamble, we might have a really short sermon this morning. And I know you're, see, you're already laughing. Steve, you're not capable of that. Don't tell lies from the pulpit. Well, okay, try not to. But we're really looking at 1 Peter chapter 2 today. That's all we're going to look at today because I want to stay on point. This is an important point. I don't want us to lose it. I want us to stay on target here. Stay on target. All right. That was a nerd reference. I just slipped it in there a little bit for those of you that got that. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 10 is what we're going to be reading, but we'll read it in sections. Peter writes, So, put away all malice and all deceit and all hypocrisy and all envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. This is about growing up. And you know what? When you're 19 years old or however old you are when you get your first job, and you feel like you're just running this treadmill, that's fine. You're young. You've got time to figure it out. But if you're 40 years old, and this is still how you look at the world, you probably haven't matured. At least haven't matured as a Christian. If you've been a Christian for that long, it's time to do things differently. So let's look at the first things he says here. He says, put away... In essence, put away all your behaviors that make you a pain to deal with. <laughs> oh, that's kind of rough. Well, if you want to grow up, it's time to do big boy, big girl stuff. Put away all of your being mad at people. You don't need to be mad at anybody. Put away all your lying. I didn't lie. Okay, well, you're kind of lying when you say you didn't lie. All right, put that away. Stop envying other people. Nobody has it better than you. And put away slander. That I wish they would just translate that smack talk because I feel like that's uh, a little easier for me to read. 
Be like a newborn infant. Where, where is Simon this morning? I don't know. I can, uh, I can stare at Simon's grandfather and see if he gives me any clues. Nope. Okay. Well, I've already seen, if you've been around a newborn, I've, I've uh, even seen Simon do this already. When he's hungry, there is nothing else going on. If you've been around a newborn that's hungry, there, there's nothing else happening. You can try to do whatever you want to do, but we're fixing to eat. I don't care what you have going on right now. It's dinner time. They get, they turn colors and just, he, Paul's saying, act like that. No, don't act like that. But he's saying, if you're not maturing, you probably aren't getting fed. You're not getting fed spiritual milk. If you, and you have to long for that spiritual milk. If you don't, then, yeah, that's probably why you're dying. That's probably why you're just going through life. Why am I doing this? Why are we here just to suffer? Because you're not growing up. You should be like a newborn. If someone, if you're not getting that milk, why is it that like less than half of the people come on Sunday nights? I don't know. I'm not here to judge. But I'm saying, if something's blocking you from getting your spiritual milk, if someone says, hey, you can't read your Bible today, or someone says, hey, you can't come to church, I want you to turn red like an infant and go, okay, don't do that, literally. But you should be, oh, I need that. Because if you don't, you may be like one of those children that are neglected. After a while, they stop doing that. They give up. And when a, an infant stops struggling and trying to root and get to that milk, that means that infant's in very bad shape. It's going to die. While there's life in you, struggle for that spiritual milk so that you can grow up. If you have tasted that the Lord is good, and I'm, I'm asking you, have you? What I've observed is that people who are baptized, they taste that the Lord is good. Man, I, I feel different. I feel the Spirit. They feel the, the first kindling fire of the Spirit. And then the old Christians who are dying around them go, oh, kid. Look at all, you're, you're, being, you're being emotional, you're being hysterical, you're being charismatic, and we try to make sure we just smother that baby. <laughs> it's sick. That's what we do. Or someone relights their fire. We talked about this on Wednesday night, and we say, well, that's not really what a mature experience is like. Maybe you're wrong. Maybe a mature experience is longing for that spiritual milk, tasting that God is good. And feeling that joy and saying, you know what? Something is different about me. I've got the Spirit in me, and I love it. And sadly, I've had to work my way back to there. And I'm still working my way back there. If you're not tasting that the Lord is good, maybe you should throw out the window everything you think about God and say, God, show me your goodness. If you reach out for God, you will find God. If you're really searching, if you're not telling God, this is what I want to see, you'll say, God, show me what you want to show me. 
You spend that time and you wait on the Lord. You wait. You don't tell God, well, show up. I need you to show up by 3 o'clock today. That's not how it works. You reach out to the Lord and you will taste that He is good. Verse 4. As you come to Him, the Him being a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. And that's also us. We come to Him. We're a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. First part there, Christ was the reject of the world. If everybody around you thinks you're awesome, you're not like Jesus. <laughs> Wait a minute, what? That doesn't sound right. I Well, no. The people seeking after God, people who didn't fear the light, thought Jesus was awesome. But there are a lot of people who fear the light and love the darkness because they know their deeds will be shown in the light, and they will hate you. If you're not hated, then you're not exactly like Jesus, because Jesus was hated. He was rejected. Who are you? You're some backwoods clown from Galilee. You're no one special. You're not even a priest. You're trying to tell me what's going on? Who are you? You have that weird Galilean redneck accent. How can you possibly be even connected to God? You're, you're trying to say you're God's son? Well, that's blasphemy, clearly. That can't be true. Jesus was a reject. And this is a place for rejects. Oh, Steve, how can you say that? I've had other preachers tell me, you can't say that the church is full of rejects. Okay, because we're cool too. You know, I'm cool. <laughs> but this is a place for rejects. If you really want to be part of God's house, you are not going to be accepted by the world. And here's the point. You're living stones, just as Jesus was a living stone. Your purpose is not to get through life and then suffer and then one day you die and everything is great. That is not your purpose. Your purpose is to mature so that you can be built up because God has a plan for you as a stone. Jesus was the first stone, the most important stone, the cornerstone, and even he had to mature to get to that place where he's the cornerstone of the universe. God's purpose for you is so that you can grow up because God is building something and you've asked to be part of it. And if you want to be part of it, then you're going to have to mature develop into that stone to be part of a holy priesthood. What does a priest do? A priest connects 
people on earth to God in heaven. That is what you're being built for. You're supposed to connect people on earth to God in heaven and to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Because it says in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious. Who is he talking about? Christ or you? The answer is yes. Whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. That's talking about Christ. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. And we're not going to talk too much about destiny here um, because it's not that God is saying, look, when you were born, you were a bad seed. No, it's more that Jesus didn't have to die on the cross. Everyone could have said no, but he was also destined to die on the cross. It's not that God wanted that to happen. It's not that God made that happen, but God was prepared for that to happen. And God is prepared for all the people who are disobedient, and he's prepared for all of those who are willing to listen so that they can be priests, so they can be part of the house of God. Verse 9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. Royal as in kings, priests as in those who connect God to people in the world. A holy nation, a people for his own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And there's a key thing right there. Are you living in God's marvelous light? Or did you start out when you were baptized, you were washed clean, and you're like, okay, this is good. I wonder, I wonder if I can have this marvelous light, but maybe just kind of reach out over here and also have this thing. Maybe I can do that. Maybe I can be in the marvelous light. Oh, getting off balance. Okay, nope, I'm still in the light. I'm still good. Oh, you know what? There's also this thing. Hang on, hang on. I can do this. I could be a Christian and I can have this thing over here. Okay, I'm all good. And then you find yourself kind of in the glow of the light. And you're like, you know what? It seems like at one point all this stuff was true that I did live in the glorious light of God. But you know what? I, I don't feel like I'm in a glorious light of God anymore. So then this must have been kind of some kind of like youthful hysteria or something. Surely I'm remembering it wrong. No, think back. Think back. That is how it was. You moved. You didn't grow. Instead of rooting and screaming for the spiritual milk, you were trying to go back into the darkness. And you wonder, why is everything so dark? What am I doing all this for? You're doing this so that 
you can taste God's goodness. And having tasted God's goodness, you can be part of God's plan to show how good He is to the rest of the world. And if you're not growing, you're dying. And I think we need to remember that. We're either growing by getting the spiritual milk, or we're dying. There is no middle in there. Jesus said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. John 15. No one comes to the Father except through me. You can't have life except to have it through Jesus. And if you have it through Jesus, you don't just become a vine and then you don't grow any bigger than that. There's a reason vines grow. Do you realize this? Have you ever planted vines? I have. There's a reason you plant vines. Not so you can stick them in there and go, well, that's pretty. That's pretty. Look at that. It's green. That's not why you plant vines. You plant vines with the expectation that they're going to grow. And that one day, there'll be something awesome and juicy and sweet attached to that vine. There's a reason Jesus used the example of the vine. Because you're either growing or you're dying. Your purpose in life is to grow. Having joy and having it to the full is growing through Christ. If you're not growing through Christ, you are a withered, sad little limb of a vine. You're just a, a brown twig, and you're going, well, this God thing obviously doesn't work. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm trying so hard to be a Christian. I used to say that, and I have people in my life that still say that. Steve, you don't understand how hard I have tried. <laughs> I have tried. I've done everything God has done. No, you have not. Jesus says, all I'm asking for is everything. If you're not willing to get up every day and pick up your cross and be hated the way I was hated and to reject everything in the world, just wanting that spiritual milk, then there's no point. Once you were nobody. Now you're somebody. Once you were alone, but now you're one of God's people. Once you were getting mercilessly beaten by the world and by the evil one that is in it, now you're receiving mercy from God. Accept that mercy. There's no, there's no beating you down. I'm, I'm not saying all these things because it's like, you need to straighten up, mister. You need to straighten up. You need to get your act together. If you listen to last week's sermon or really any of the sermons, this is not about getting your act together. This is about just saying, God, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I'm done. I'm not a Christian. I'm not a preacher because I had a really good plan. And you know, I just became... No, it's because I'm such a blockhead, I finally got to the point, God allowed me to get to the point where I didn't have any options left. 
give in or die. And I chose to give in. I pray that not everyone has to get to that point. That I fear there are too many people almost at that, just in that ugly middle zone where you're just slugging through. Try, why am I doing this? Every day it's the same thing because you haven't said, I don't need any of this. God, you give me what I need and I don't need anything else. I'm not asking for anything except give me the milk so that I can grow up. I want to be part of your kingdom. I want to be in the place you know I should be. I want to mature into the vine that you want me to be so I can bear the fruit you want me to bear so that I can have life to the full. And that's your purpose. Put away your hurtful behaviors if you want to find your purpose. That's step one. That's pretty hard. No, it's not. You don't have to be perfect at it. You just have to commit to putting away your hurtful behaviors. That's it. God's not asking you to be perfect. God's asking you to obey. You understand that? If you want to find your purpose in life, here's the thing. I can't tell you what your specific purpose is. I can only tell you from the Bible what your broad purpose is to be part of God's kingdom. How God's going to play that out in your life, I don't know. But God does. You're never going to know unless you do what Peter says. Are you with me? You can either continue to slug through life or you can do what he says. First on the list, put away your hurtful behaviors. Secondly, taste the goodness of God. If you're not tasting the goodness of God, find out what garbage you have in your mouth that you need to spit out so you can taste the goodness of God. Third, root for the spiritual milk. Like a baby. I'm, I'm getting to that. I don't care. Fourth, let God build you up. Stop trying to do self-improvement. Self-improvement is not a Christian concept. God improving you, that is a Christian concept. That's what Christ teaches. Be rejected by the world. If you're like, well, you know, I just don't like it when people don't like me. Well, get over that. Get over that quickly if you want to be like Christ. Be ready to be rejected by the world, but approved by your God in heaven. And lastly, proclaim the excellencies of Christ. You have to do them in this order. You have to put away your purposeful behaviors because that's garbage in your mouth so you can taste the goodness of God. Once you've tasted that God is good, you'll want that spiritual milk. Go toward that spiritual milk. Let nothing stop you. And that spiritual milk will grow you. That's why babies, uh, all mammal babies drink milk because it grows you so fast. Number five, be ready to be rejected by the world. And now that you've tasted that God is good, that you've got that spiritual milk, you've been built up, been built up by God and put in your, the place that God really meant for you to have. And you know your purpose. You're not just getting up on Monday morning and trying to survive until Friday afternoon. Your, your day has purpose because God gives it purpose. 
And you're like, well, Steve, are you, are you telling me if I follow these six steps, I'll find my purpose? I am not telling you that. Peter is telling you that. And if you don't believe that, if you don't believe what Peter says, then i got to ask what you're doing at all. And I can tell you this is true. Your purpose is probably not going to match up to what you think your purpose ought to be. But it's the purpose for you. Stop just living day to day trying to struggle. How is anyone going to see Christ in you if you're not growing up, if you're not tasting that God is good? Once you taste that God is good, tell everyone else how good, good God is. If you want to be part of God's house, all you have to do is accept Him, be baptized, and let God begin that process of change in you. If you need prayers of the church for anything, come forward now while we stand, while we sing this song.